Welcome to Good Revenue, where we discuss monetization, go-to-market, and revenue growth. I'm your host, Nita Bidway. We're here to discuss what we can do to influence more effectively, improve profitability, and sustainably grow revenue while delivering more value to customers over time. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about product-led growth. It's a term that you're probably familiar with if you're in tech or in SaaS. But I think there is more to PLG that's helpful to discuss in a good revenue context. So we're going to do a few things. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of product-led growth, why it's so popular in tech firms and in investor-backed firms, and then get into some of the pitfalls and best practices that might make a difference for your business if this is something you're considering or if you're in a situation where you have deployed a PLG motion and you're finding that you haven't gotten the results that you expected. I'm hopeful that this information will be of value to you. First, a little history lesson and context. Self-serve and freemium business models have been around for at least a decade in tech. These concepts are about bottoms-up, user-centric approaches to discovering and using technology. And they are both concepts and business models. In 2016, OpenView Capital, which is a prominent venture capital firm, coined the term product-led growth. They've been a huge advocate for it, and they think they have a lot of thoughtful content and perspective around how they see PLG and its value. But I think there is more that we can add to this conversation about the mechanics of this business model and the longer-term goals of companies that are deploying it. OpenView advocates for PLG as the concept of product as a marketing channel and as a way of being your best sales rep. That's from a quote in a 2002 article. OpenView is very focused on this, and I think a lot of PLG advocates feel the same way. They are focused on the product itself. What I love about PLG is that it's the centrality of the customer, customer's needs, and the product experience that makes this kind of business model successful. I don't think it is the product unto themselves. And some people might quibble with me and say it's a distinction without difference, but I don't think that's true. Part of the fact is that as somebody who's had to use some pretty bad tech products, particularly in a business context, it is really refreshing to get to use a product that has a PLG mindset or a user-centric self-serve democratized mindset to it. Because you feel when you're using these products, like they were actually designed for humans and therefore they work better, they're more intuitive, they tend to be more beautiful, which again, I think as all of us have experienced the power of beautiful and intuitive technology products in our personal lives, we have come to expect and demand more from the technology that we use for work. And I think this is great. I think it also causes some challenges sometimes in enterprise organizations, which we'll come back to full circle. I define product-led growth as a business model where product value drives customer acquisition, retention, and expansion. And another distinction that I think is important is I don't 
believe that it is about product usage unto itself. I think at the core of all of our choices, whether we're consumers or users of any kind of product or service, is the question of value. And that's why you have to have strong marketing and sales if you want to succeed at product-led growth. And if you are a devotee of the origin of this, you're probably going to disagree with me, but bear with, and I will see if I can convince you by the end of this episode. Here are a few things to kind of keep in mind, I think, high level. And the first one is that while product-led growth doesn't have to be freemium, there is often a freemium component to this. And the theory is that if people have a chance to try out your product, they're going to love it, and eventually they will pay you for it. I like this a lot in theory, but in concept and in practice, if you didn't price and package your offering correctly, people are just not going to pay you enough to make the business model work. And the reason is you will have built a product that might be fantastic, but it will be effectively for no one. And therefore, the customers that you could have monetized are likely not going to get enough value out of it. And at the same time, you're probably giving too much value to customers who aren't interested enough to pay you for whatever it is that you're doing. Second, I do think that PLG can be a huge growth driver for your company. And obviously, there are a lot of firms out there that feel the same way. That's why it's become such a popular business model and approach. One of the reasons for this, one of the major reasons, is that PLG is a way to lower the cost of acquisition. We don't talk enough, I think, about how the high cost of acquisition over the past half decade, more possibly, has affected companies and business models. But if you have done any sort of work with a venture-backed company or even something in private equity in the last decade, you have seen the influence of massive amounts of money. And in the era of easy money and mega funding rounds, no one really cared how much it cost to acquire customers. I mean, they did nominally, but not really, until suddenly they cared a lot. And the thing is, at the point at which either your investors realize that your CAC cost of acquisition doesn't make any sense or you realized it, it's often kind of late in your journey because you've probably wasted a lot of time, money, and resources because you weren't being efficient and you weren't thinking about your product and the business model that you need to design at the same time you're building a product that you're really excited about. These things are very important and they're really intrinsically linked. And I think the other challenge here is that if you believe PLG is a growth driver and if you want it to be, then you've got to think about the implications of the buyer journey. And we did a whole episode about this with a lot of data. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, I would encourage you to. That buyer journey, I think, has been accelerated or potentially contaminated by the amount of money that we've had in the wider ecosystem of innovative companies. And I think that that is a huge contributor to why customers feel so overwhelmed and are oversaturated when it comes to getting way too much outreach from sales and marketing teams. We've effectively created a vicious cycle where no one wants to take a meeting to talk about anything anyone is selling. And at the same time, Many of us are in go-to-market or revenue roles, and if you're in any kind of business, obviously you have some sort of customer. And so I think this vicious cycle has had a 
deleterious effect on not just venture-backed companies, but these larger markets in which venture and private equity firms operate. I think this affects everyone across business. Third, PLG is not only cost-effective for you, but it's also a very cost-effective way for competitors and new market entrants to gain market share. So it's not something you can ignore. And again, I think that savvy founders and their supporters are well aware of this challenge. And it's also why, again, I thought we should talk about it today, because whether you choose to add a PLG motion or not, it's very likely that your competitors have or will in the very near future. Fourth, and this is a little bit of a case of burying the lead, but here we go. It is not enough to assume that the revenue will just flow without serious and thoughtful strategic commitments on your end upfront. You have to have a unified strategy and goals that tie to the business outcomes that you actually care about for marketing, product, sales, and customer success, and our friends over in the back office, if you want to win with PLG. Two options present themselves when you're thinking about PLG. The first is you start a new company or you are going to build a new product with PLG. Starting this way is significantly easier than trying to add in a product-led motion after the fact. But even if you are building a brand new product, you still have to map this out. Second, if you have an existing product that a marketing and or sales team are helping you to sell, and you decide that you want to add PLG, you're likely doing it because either your customers are asking for self-service or because there's a new market entrant nipping at your heels and you realize that you have to compete. Those are the two most common things that I see. And here are the major watchouts, things to keep in mind for either one of these paths. There are four things. First of all, the number one takeaway is that PLG is a one-team strategy. Whether you start with sales or whether you start with PLG, do not pit your teams against each other. It's a waste of their time and you are not going to hit your business goals if you do it that way. Instead, if you make sure that product, marketing, and sales all have the same goals, you are so much more likely to win. And I'm going to explain why, but it has to do with the KPIs and the alignment that it drives when you have a single strategy. Everyone agrees to the trade-offs up front. People are not fighting with each other. You don't have all the negative cultural implications and just the general emotional and mental exhaustion that comes from not getting along with your colleagues. Especially if you're in a startup or just in a high-intensity company, people spend 8, 10, 12 hours a day doing work. And the idea that you're fighting with colleagues in all these other teams is just crazy. It's really frustrating. And I don't know anyone who enjoys a work environment like that. So just avoid it and do the hard work up front as an executive. Get your strategy down, agree on the trade-offs, and you are going to be much happier. And so are the folks on your teams. Second, you have to talk to customers. PLG is not a substitute for knowing your customer. So set up customer research programs. We have talked about that in prior episodes, but this is not just product discovery. You need to actually do deep customer interviews. You need to do your market research. And I also recommend having customer reported attribution and other ways of 
staying in touch with what buyers and users actually care about, and more importantly, what they really value. This is going to help you understand which customers have the potential to convert to paid users versus customer segments that are only going to use low tier plans or free plans. And again, some people might feel that this is controversial because I think we are sometimes sold an idea that everyone is potentially a customer of whatever it is we are building or selling. And that is just not true. That is just not how reality works. And I think that if you are realistic up front, you're going to have a much better experience running your business and scaling your company. Third, all of those customer segments are not the same. You've got to prioritize the high revenue potential customer segments if you want to grow revenue. That pipeline is gold. It's platinum. It's worth more than generic signups any day. So you need to identify, build value for, and support high revenue potential customer segments as soon as you can and as soon as you scale. And if you listen to our episode on segmentation, it's a core discipline that you've got to get right. And if you study any level of companies that have grown, it is so clear that they have strong segments, not just personas or an ICP, and they're really benefiting from that early work they did. And as we discussed before, it's not just for the fun of the go-to-market team. It's also because it's going to help you build a better product going forward. Those segments are going to clarify priorities for your roadmap, and you're going to be ahead of the game. This is particularly true because one day, if your company is successful, you're going to want to expand into other markets. Either you started out in the enterprise and you're broadening to a wider TAM, or more commonly, you have probably started out with smaller businesses or, or individuals and you want to go up market. Doesn't matter. Segmentation is still going to help you get there. And once you understand those segments, you should think of enterprise as a different segment, which means that you need to design first the price, then the product, and the go-to-market for whatever the unique needs are of your enterprise customers. That is your assessment of their needs, what they value, and what they're willing to pay for. At a minimum, large organizations have major security concerns. They also have complicated organizations. Their budgets change frequently. They reorg themselves all the time. And the other thing I can guarantee you is there will be many stakeholders involved and there will be a long approval process in just about any enterprise organization. So all of this to be said, if you know the segmentation, navigating this is a million times easier than just trying to brute force your way through this process. Last, but most certainly not least, pricing and packaging your features is a must in PLG. And that's because, as I was alluding to earlier, if you want paid customers, you need to orient your monetization strategy around your best fit customer segment. You want to optimize for the customers who just love you and the people that are willing to pay you instead of those one-size-fits-all packages that don't serve anybody and end up wasting everyone's time. And I feel like this is one area where PLG enthusiasts really could do more work, which is thinking hard from the concept stage about what this business model could look like, building a hypothesis, and then as you accumulate customers and data, adapting and moving forward. Instead, I feel like the advice is often, hey, just build it and they will come and you'll like figure it out later and some point, I don't know, we'll like wake up and come up with a price and then just go. Like that is a mess. Don't do that to yourself. 
there is no way that that is going to actually win. Even if you get super lucky, which I really doubt, it is just not a winning strategy. You're really better off mapping this out ahead of time. You'll be able to deliver more value. You'll build better products. It will be easier to communicate with customers and you'll be able to grow and meet those goals and targets much more quickly if there's a little bit of planning and trade-off consideration before you jump into PLG, whether you start from scratch or add a PLG motion onto an existing product. And in our next episode, we'll do a deeper dive into both of those options to think through some caveats and watchouts. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. We're a new podcast, so it really helps listeners find us. If you'd like more information on today's episode, check out the show notes or send us a message. 